Good morning. This podcast is brought to you by Emotional Belief. Emotional Belief. You don't have to believe in it if you are afraid of it. That's a magic thing. Thanks to Magic for sponsoring this podcast. My name is Terrence Hartnett. Welcome back to Down by the River. I'm your host, Terrence Hartnett. I thank you for listening. I am in New York City now, but uh, I have one episode left from Chicago. Chicago in Chicago. I interviewed my old friend Rebecca Spector, who used to be a comedian and is now a magician. <laughs> what a transfer. What a what a situation. Um, Rebecca was one of the wet cash comedians I used to run wet cash with. She's an old old dear friend who'd known each other for years and so we talk about comedy and magic and her new foray into the magical realm, the realm of performing magic. Um, it's been a great talk. I had no idea about what it's like to like start out in the magic scene, to get past at a magic lounge. Um, and uh, it was great. She did a trick for me. We did all kinds of cool stuff. So enjoy this episode with Rebecca. Thanks for uh, reviewing the podcast and sharing it on socials if you like it. Thanks for listening. Down, down, and down. take it away. When's the last magic performance you did? Ah, okay. Do you call it magic? Do you call it magic performance? That's a really good question. I guess magic, uh, because I always say set, but I think I'm the only person who says that. (laughs) I think it's from from stand up. Yeah. Yeah. So people say um, routine, or I guess definitely people say routine, which no one says in comedy, which is like a fascinating difference. Um, Just how was your magic show? I guess when was your last magic show? Um, So for me, that was a couple of months back. It was for the Chicago Magic Lounge, and it was um, virtual. Um, and I'd also done, uh, so I did a few shows for them, and I also done a few shows with them virtually in October. And in October, I was actually in the space, which was really cool. Wow. Because um, it felt, at the time, it felt like numbers-wise, it felt fine. I felt safe. One of those golden eras, yeah. One of those cool cool times. Briefly. I kind of, maybe toward the very end of that week. I don't know. I, I don't know. But, um and then, but then by the time March rolled around, I was like, I, I'm, I'm going to do it from here because we're so close. Like we yeah, yeah. kind of got like more careful then, but, but that's been really fun. And, um, so yeah, so it was at the Chicago magic lounge and the, the setup was, you know, four of us get about 20 minutes. Um, wow. and yeah, it's is fun. that a lot? Is 20 minutes a lot? I don't know. You know, I, my, I, it doesn't feel like too much to me it definitely doesn't feel as daunting as creating 20 minutes of stand-up at the beginning yeah I don't know if that's typical it's kind of hard to say because uh, yeah I mean I there's so many different types of magic and I mean that even in terms of there's like a lot more discussion and magic of like the different types not just in terms of the different artistic types like mentalism or cards or coins or whatever but but also just literally like oh i do parties or i do corporate trade shows i do trade shows that's my thing and there's no like value judgment over one or i do kids shows whatever there's no like value judgment on one or the other like you'll have these gushing raving interviews with like big magicians and magazines where they're like and this is how he does the trade shows and then that's they discovered like their love for trade shows and it's like a trade show is what you're so you're is you're selling tricks um no so that's a, that's like conventions but okay. um so people who like make their living being magicians for like company trade shows so like 
like for companies or doing it for like entertaining Google or entertaining Coca-Cola. The trading question is not magic. Right. The trade is something else. They need entertainment for this event. It might be a paper convention. Gotcha. But someone's like hiring you to like do a trick where the paper completely like turns, changes shape and changes color. And oh, if you can make it specific to the thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go to a car trade show. Make the car disappear. There you go. Yada, yada, yada. <laughs> so it's hard for me to say because, especially because generally speaking, like my, my path is, is going to, it's, you know, it's, it's walk around, at least for now, or it starts with walk around or whatever. What is that? Um, David Blaine. You um, go to someone at a bar and go <laughs> yeah. walk around. Is that what you mean? That's, yeah. that's the venue? Yeah. Yes. So you walk around doing, doing magic. And so that might be like for a couple of hours, but it's not like it's. So that's more than 20 minutes, but it's not like that focused attention of like doing a show, which is what yes. I was doing. But the reason I was doing that was because of the format for COVID was like, instead of doing walk around, we're having the walk around magicians each do a little 20 minute thing. Okay. So I don't know if that's typical, but yeah, walk around. But that sh- is different. This would be like, like uh, the virtual thing, 20 minutes with the, the full focus on you. It's almost like curtain up. Here's the Rebecca Spectre show. Yes. She's got the full attention for 20 minutes. Which is yes. very different because, like, I almost feel like walk around magic, as I understand it, is like, let me get your attention and, like, maintain it and prove I can do this. And it's almost like people, like, you're expecting them to be turning their attention away. Yes. Whereas on Zoom, it's like, it's either looking at you or my living room. Yes. So that's a big thing. And so, yes, exactly. So you have to inhabit that thing. Like, it's, it's, it's the me time now. It's the yeah. Rebecca show. Um the other thing to think about, too, with Walk Around is I am getting a really spoiled, cushy start to my Walk Around experience because yeah. I'm starting at the Chicago Magic Lounge, which, like, first where of all, is that? Just, uh, that is um, in Andersonville. Cool. I almost said exactly where it is in relation to here, which is not smart. Um, <laughs> stranger danger. Um, exactly. <laughs> we're not going to say where it is in relation Good. to where we are. But, yeah. <laughs> Andersonville is a neighborhood in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, like, let me. So, people either. Some people don't know about the Chicago Magic Lounge. And. Oh, sorry. Um, some people know about it. Some people don't. It's extremely cool. It's you go to Andersonville. It's been around just for a couple of years. So very, very, very long story short, Chicago apparently has this really strong history of magic, in particular bar magic. Cool. And this apparently there were lots of different restaurants back in the day that used to, you know, the 60s through all. If you talk to older people in Chicago, they might have memories of experiencing magic at like all these different restaurants and that's not really the case anymore but a couple years ago um a few folks uh joey cranford being one and his wife cindy they created the chicago magic lounge which is one of the world's foremost venues for magic shut up Completely world's true. foremost. One of the world's foremost venues for magic. Oh if you listen to a magic podcast, just pick one out random because of course they exist. <laughs> of course they exist. I mean, people will talk. They'll be like, "Oh yeah," and then I got to do the magic lounge, and that was so exciting, and I really enjoyed it. And they're, oh they're great there, cool. and it's like a big fucking deal. Nice. Um, and 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 it's just here. And so when you, it's got kind of like a secret kind of vibe. So you just show up at twenty twenty North Clark Street, and it's looks the space actually used to be an industrial laundromat so it's a laundromat with you know spinning laundry and like old faded magic posters like plastered on the outside but you go in and then the you know eventually the machine if you find the secret doorknob you open that and it opens up into this enormous multi-story art deco three theater two 
well, two to, I, you know, um, there's multiple performance spaces. Oh my God. Within this, it's got a bar. Yes, three, I would say three theater because you've got, you can just go in at any time and like sit at the bar and bar magicians, professional magicians will do magic. They're working the bar. You can buy cocktails. They have a liquor license. If you want, you can just like sit there and do that. And I'm planning or, a date as we speak. I am telling you. And, and then, and then there's like the main theater. You go in. Like you can just do the bar if you want, or you can buy a ticket, which means that you sit at the bar first, and then you sit in. And there's a cocktail hour, and there's walk around magicians, including me. So you can just go to. A, you can just go and get a drink. Yeah. With no ticket price. Yes. Got it. Okay. Yes. And then if you get like so, then the main. There's this like main theater with a balcony and everything, and they've got they're just doing you know, with world famous magicians like you know ones that you'd see in Vegas or wow. performing internationally or anywhere else. They come here and they do those shows, and then if you get like a super deluxe ticket, then you get an after show, which is in the six five four club, which is like the smaller like intimate um kind of the seats are on more of a slant because it's more about like close-up magic so close you're getting up stage magic. up stage ma- you're getting it's this like it's incredible it's like if you're if you're looking for a date night that will n- just completely you're blow, good blow them away <laughs> yeah. the, i mean from the i mean speakeasies have got this thing locked in where mm-hmm. it's like oh you, people love to go to a dry and it's like they have that plus magic like instead yes. of getting a twelve dollar cocktail when you go through there, you get twelve dollar cocktail plus a mat plus mat actual magic. Yes. Um, why go? To, why ever go to a speakeasy? Oh my god, I can't wait to impress somebody. It's it's pretty cool. Okay. Yeah. What's a typical ticket cost? Um, it depends. There's different. Yeah. It's like there's like a whole scale. So if you were to go to, um, so obviously you go to the bar. It's just like your drinks and you yeah. Know, hopefully tip them. You should tip them um, if they did a magic trick for you. For the love of God and all the tip holy. anybody. <laughs> Come but, on. Yeah. <laughs> Um, then if you go on a month to a Monday night magic show where it's live, where it's just walk around magicians and then some live music on the stage. And I believe there is then like a short stage magic portion, but it's mostly walk around and you can get food. They have good food. Um, that is in the $30 range. And then if you get the, uh, the big, the big show that's in the 60 to $70 and then with the add on tickets, like, um, I want to say. 95, but that actually might have been just the New Year's Eve. It might be less than that. Okay, right. Maybe 75 or New so. New Year's Eve should be more. Yeah. Yeah. And this is with an after show with some close-up magic afterward. Yes, this is like Very this is cool. like if, if you get for everything. So there's like a whole bunch of like scaled. And then you say, packages. yeah, stage magic obviously is like cutting a woman in half, disappearing <laughs> yeah. people, you know, like, okay, bigger tricks. Yeah. With I mean, you got to have an assistant at that point probably. Nope. Or sometimes you do. No, no. Are those out of uh, are those out of style? That is such a good question. A bit, I, a bit patriarchal. The female assistants. Well, the interesting thing about female assistants too is, first of all, I didn't know this, but evidently, in most of those cases, in a lot of those cases, the assistants doing the work or doing a lot of it or doing most of it, or it's more of a duo <laughs> than it is. They're doing stuff. It's not like she's going on stage and being like, I have no idea how it happened. Like she. You know, what a beautiful microcosm for (laughs) (laughs) the American family uh, for uh, for America is like the man is up there being loud, taking all the credit and going like this beautiful little thing. And she's (laughs) sweating and moving, moving things behind. She's working twice as hard and he's getting all the credit and attention. And uh, she's only getting credit for being pretty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She's as talented, if not more talented than the. The loud guy. Oh, yeah. that's hilarious. So there's there's all sorts of conversations happening now, like, uh, you know, about 
women and magic and about like the old jokes and the old images that are classic and magic so whether it's sawing a woman in half or right. making whatever jokes or whatever there's all sorts of conversations what does happening. sawing a woman in half have to you know uh <laughs> she's literally taking up less space in the magic sphere well, you know, I never even really thought about it one way or, or another, like the, the chopping a woman in half thing. Yeah. It's only recently when I started kind of reading like more of stuff within magic and other magicians being like, it's kind of weird, right? Like including male magicians where it's like, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it's always it's always like the destruction. And I mean, yeah, yeah I mean, to be fair, like um, rending apart and then restoring is like a, a classic ma- magic yes, plot of course. for sure. Um, but yeah, it is interesting to, yeah, thinking about that, that's like a whole, we could do a whole. Well, that's like, yeah, I mean, you get into that, that in like literature too, where it's like, well, someone, someone, I, when I was in seventh grade, I remember being like, it's just a thing, who cares? And it's like, well, Terrence, it happens to be a thing that's resonated with like everybody who's ever seen it for some <laughs> reason. It's not just, we're not doing it because, we're not doing it because it's, uh, the way it's been done. It's being done a certain way because that's always worked. The question is, why does that work? Why do we like seeing a woman getting cut in half? <laughs> yeah, and do we? And it's more—it's more complicated than we hate women. Let's cut them in half. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. something going on with the yeah the rest the destruction restoration, mm-hmm. symbolic. Yep. Order from chaos. Yes. Right. Going like into that. chaos, coming back. Don't worry. It's all yeah. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Right. The escape from death. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Um, when did you get involved? Would you get involved because of this particular place, the Magic Lounge? No. Okay. Um, no, no. That's the that's the crazy that's the crazy part. Was like I, I I knew it existed, kind of. Um, I was just I I've always liked magic, and I've always I mean like you know I look back now and I'm like I why I can't take a hint from myself I guess I kept uh-huh. coming back to it and really enjoying it what do you mean yeah how do you mean in what way did you enjoy it as a um, pre-magician I would go into I would just like for a few weeks just like get on a tear of just like looking up you know Darren Brown videos and mentalist and learning how you know I think he does it and how to how it's done and just repeatedly getting to like little rabbit holes about it and then one day I found myself sitting at home um with Christian and and I said uh uh, for the listeners, my husband, context. Um, and, he's great. and I was, Big fan. <laughs> he's great. Um, and I was like, kidding, but I, I, <laughs> this is just obviously because it's a, a stupid thing to say, but I was like, gosh, the best art form, number one, is magic. <laughs> Isn't it strange how that's true? How, like, as amazing as music or art or anything or comedy, isn't it strange that magic is the number one best art form? And he said, yeah, that is strange that you would say that. (laughs) Yeah, that's weird. He just kind of looks up and goes, okay. (laughs) (laughs) You know who would disagree with is anybody. (laughs) Anybody you would ask. Yeah, right. (laughs) Yeah, that's so fun. Number one? Number one. Number one. Have you seen dance? Have you seen a really good dance? Um, Heard a song? ever and it's so specific too because like i feel like music is so is so much broader art is so much broader of course. so it's so, it's so course. funny to be like that'd be like you know what's the number one origami is the number <laughs> yes. one art form no question it's like i can go five years without seeing one magic trick and i don't give a shit <laughs> yes. um but but yeah so <laughs> by saying you were revealing to yourself like i really care about this 
Yeah, I guess so. And um, <clears throat> yeah, just like watching Fool Us at home and, and having fun with that. And just What's like, Fool Us? Um, uh, Penn and Teller's oh, Penn and Teller. Fool Us. Uh-huh. It started in the UK and now it's here in the States. That's where they have magician. It's the, like Magician American Idol. Yes. They're having magicians on. Yeah. 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 And, um, and it's, it's, it's great. And it's not exploitive like every other reality show is. Like having... Spoken to people who have now done it, they're like, yeah, they actually like support you and like want to make you look good and stuff, which is very rare. I think it's literally the only show that's like that. Right, but, right. Yeah, so I was just like, you know, saying this, and I was kind of, you know, I was doing comedy and stuff at the same time, um, stand up, and uh, and I don't remember. I think I was like, oh, it would be cool, so cool if I could take classes. Like that would be cool, like if I could or whatever. And Christian was like, so do it. Yeah, nice. And great partner. Like the best. Right, and listening. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, just do it. Do it. Why? Like, yes, I think you should do it. And I was like, is this weird? And then I was like, well, I kind of knew about the Chicago Magic Lounge, so I typed it in. And I was like, okay, they do have classes for adults. I mean, all right. Now, after a lot of like, is this crazy? Like, what am I? Like, <laughs> it's, like it's, it's, it's not that high stakes of a decision. It's just a few Saturdays. Yeah. And it's you know. like as crazy or less crazy than doing comedy, which you were already doing. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where I'd put it in the crazy. I'm not sure how crazy it is or whatever. But it's like, yeah, it's just another. It's another interesting way to perform. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, and as far I don't, I don't. Boy, I really, really thought I liked stand-up comedy. I really. <laughs> Really, really. I told you that's the theme uh, of this podcast where it's like, I thought I, yeah, it's not everything. I talked to Derek Mould yesterday and he goes, no offense, but uh, I think I grew out of stand-up comedy. And I go, don't worry at all. <laughs> I mean, like, make no mistake, Derek, I pity you. I mean, like, I mean, like, you're, you can offend, if you think you're going to offend me by that, it's like, I would have already been offended 10,000 times by yeah. everybody else who, you know what I mean? Like, I, don't worry. Yeah. It was nice that you said that, though. I don't, no offense, but I think I've grown out of it. That's so interesting. I, for, first of all, that he that he's not doing it anymore. I know. That's really interesting. Um, all the funny ones quit. Oh, for real, for real. Aww. We're left with the hackiest pieces of shit. <laughs> Just uh, naked ambition. Like their only desire is to be on television. Oh, God. And you know, there's there's some okay ones, but uh, it's funny. What you there's some sort of some sort of yeah, but the part of the drive is uh, unappealing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I really thought I liked it. I really, yeah. I thought it made. It still makes so much sense that I would like it. Yeah, of course. You're so, uh, yeah, you're so well spoken, and you're a great presenter. Like the theater. When you mentioned the th like that, you were you did theater or mm -hmm. something, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like when I got to know you, and that was part of it. I was like, that makes sense, especially the, yeah for the way you were doing comedy. Um, yeah, you were good at it, and like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you were yeah, you were always had like interesting things to say. You wanted to say interesting things and you did. Um as opposed to like some people were like some people like go for like a they go for like laugh they go for a la they want to they want to laugh no matter what it is that they can do for it, but was, I I feel like it was always like you wanted to like you were expressing something always. Like it was an interesting way to, it was good comedy and it was interesting too. That's so sweet. Thank sure. you. Thank you so much. Um you know, that is um, everything you just said was exactly the bullet points of what I was going to tell you about why I quit comedy. <laughs> um, ex exactly. So like, you know, when I, I, I comedy, you know, I, I mean, I guess like magic, I definitely dip my toe into it a lot, like in college and right after college and stuff. And um, so we're talking, I mean, I graduated in, in 
2010, so 11 years ago. So yeah. it's been, you know, percolating and stuff. And I remember in like, gosh, 2008 or something, I did, oh my God, I did a bringer show at Caroline's. And wow. I, I, I promised to myself, I said, if you are ever on a podcast, that ever touches on the subject, make sure you tell listeners to never do a bringer show. <laughs> Don't do a bringer show. Don't do it. God, I did one two years ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> wait, wait. State of New York. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh. They framed it as like an audition. Um, oh. And I felt bad for um, bringing. So I was like, I'm buying the ticket. So I ended up being like an $80 night <laughs> for me. Um, yeah. I don't have like, I don't got 80 bucks to just throw around on my friends. God. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, at least you were also advanced enough in your comedy practice that you're probably good. Like, I was pre-new, and yeah, I, so I was also right. very bad. And, I mean, my God. But one, but one of the things, one of the pieces of feedback I got afterwards was the the booker was like, you're very writerly. It's very, like, written out kind of sounding, and you want to sound maybe a little bit more, like, loose and in the moment for stand-up. Now, that is, like, totally true for stand-up, um, <clears throat> that you want to kind of get that balance a little bit there yeah um so i spent the next you know several several years like trying to like beat that out of myself just trying to really really completely get rid of that writerly thing trying to get casual you know maybe maybe if i just like loosen up before i go on stage maybe if, maybe if i have a few beers maybe if i smoke a little weed maybe <laughs> if i just like remind myself it doesn't matter you know whatever like yeah, yeah. but it it never like super happened. I think what kept me going with this thing that I didn't super enjoy was it is true that if you want to like do a certain thing, you know, if you want to be a professional basketball player, you need to learn to shoot hoops and get it in the hoop for sure. For sure. Yeah. You're Um, clearly a huge hoop head. Yeah. I'm a huge sports fan. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. All sports. You got to practice, (laughs) right? No matter what you're doing. (laughs) But at a certain point, if you're like, wow, like all my instincts are always telling me to, to, to kick the ball always and to only use my feet all the time. Like at a certain <laughs> point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Now I see <laughs> the uh, metaphor. We have the guy's like, you know, I feel like I'm better with like toe touches. And they're like, yeah, I don't know if you should be in this gym, dude. <laughs> like at a certain like after years, yeah. like maybe try soccer. Like maybe yeah. try soccer. <laughs> okay, so the I okay, I'm getting the metaphor. Yes. Right. So you were you liked the preparation and the having it perfectly done and magic is more about the that. More you, write it written? There's more there's more space for it and there's more of a precedent for it and you can have that structure and funny enough I mean I'm really glad that I was able to try and train that out of myself a little bit I'm glad that I got some crowd work experience with uh, our show Wet Cash Wet Cash baby because um, Lord knows like sorry what Wet Cash I don't know I was, I was going to explain to you, part of what every Wet Cash show was we give away the Wet Cash and uh, you ask them a question you kind of talk to the audience and then whoever answers the question the best or whatever that you have to talk to the audience every, every show yes which is so much fun well, it stressed me out worse than any, than even normal stand-up <laughs> did. And, and that's the other thing. Every single time I got on stage, even for a mic, I, it was just, I was like physically ill, just not feeling, just oh like completely God. so nervous, just completely like, and it just never, ever got better, which is like at a certain point, it's like, anyway. So, yeah, right. So, you know, funny enough, it's like I do feel relaxed talking to people with magic. And when I start doing this walk around in earnest, like not in digital, but like in earnest, yeah. I mean... It's literally all crowd work. It's just going to be conversations yes. with magic happening. But so I'm glad I got that, and and I'm glad that I can be a little bit more looser, more more loose than I was before. You know, sometimes I see other magicians, and I'm like, oh, I'm actually pretty loose in compare. Like I'm glad I have this 
balance. Yes. But yeah, there's more, it's, it's just more appropriate, which is not to say that you shouldn't stretch the bounds of both art forms. And of course, you know, Eddie is art is very writerly as a stand up, and there are loose magicians, but combined with what you said, which was very, very kind. Thank you. Of like, you know, like the idea of like wanting to express something, you know, I think I was just like, well, it's supposed to be hard. I'm supposed to feel sick before I go on stage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm supposed to be miserable, miserable. And I'm supposed to, um, you know, uh, I'm, I want to express all these things, but if there's ever a gap between laughs, like then I failed, like it has to be laugh, 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 laugh. And that is a little bit tr- that there is some truth in that with stand up, especially like to be you know commercially viable stand up. Yeah. But I always kind of figured like, well, if I start doing, cause even before stand up, I was doing sketch comedy. I was doing like theatrical comedy, always comedy. And it's, and it felt like, well, if you don't do comedy, then like you're settling or if you create a moment that doesn't have a laugh, then like you've failed. And finally I, with magic, I just started having more freedom. And I, I heard on a podcast, I think this guy actually used to be a stand up, and I'm forgetting his name, of course, but he says, you know, he's, when he went to magic, he was suddenly able to have more texture in his performances. So then I was like, oh, okay. I'm actually just work for me, for me personally, only speaking for myself. It's like, for me, I'm working with a greater set of tools and then I also just like the technical aspect I think for just just the way that my brain works in terms of like I like a little bit of structure or a little bit of limit or if you tell me like you got to make this thing disappear like I can write everything around it I can perform everything around it I, I won't actually even feel that nervous because I'm like focused on the technical aspect yes um and the, yeah. the, successor, the successor failure is not on the patter but the technical aspect so that is I mean, like, right, like, you can say a bunch of bullshit. Who cares? I mean, not, not who cares, but what it's that's all icing on the cake. Well, that's the that's funny. That's what I'm hearing. That is the way. So, okay, magicians would kill me if I, if I didn't say, like, no, that's not tr- true. Thank you. Okay. So I know that's not. But what you're saying is true from the way I personally yeah. create. Now, the, you know. Good. I want it to be good magic, and so I I adhere to certain principles like you know always have a so what. Okay, a ring is jumping around my fingers. So what? Like, what does that mean? Like, what is what's the point of, of what's the point of anything? Okay. Um, you want to write like stuff. I I think my 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 like regarding the I think there I think the prevailing attitude for a long time has been exactly what you said, yeah. And that's why it's called in magic patter, and then I. Which seemed really weird to me because I was like, the show has to be good. You have to give it like an emotional core. You have to get, you know, it yeah, still yeah. is a show. You can't just rely on the magic. Um, but that's, there are some, a lot, of, a lot of back to the podcast, a lot of them are now saying like, okay, like we call it patter, but remember that the words you say are really important. Like don't yeah. just try to, like remember to have a so what, remember to have like an emotional course that's not Take just Take it back great. to the this, this so what. Um, my, I have a ring jumping around my fingers. So what? Mm-hmm. So like, the so what provides. Well, I don't understand. Yeah. Okay. So you remember in like, <clears throat> in Arrested Development. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. So Job is a bad magician. So he's yes. like a perfect example for everything. When he makes a bunch of coins appear on the conference table, and like there's like a, a flash of a fire, and a bunch of coins appear. 
like magically, so what? Like it's funny because all we see is the fact that he wanted to do that trick. He thought it would be cool. It was a good trick, but there's no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's a very it's hard to explain. Probably also, like. You'd be like, you know, my grandmother had a collection of coins. Yeah. And uh, she, you know, uh, um, I remember a guy being like, imagine, like the simplest ones, like, imagine if I could turn a nickel into a dime. That's that that that's a great uh, business model, just like that, like just like saying, like, how, it, wouldn't it? How great is it that I could turn a nickel into a dime because I'm a magician? And then you do that, and then you're like, there's a reason for doing that, as opposed to like if you t- turned a nickel into a Canadian nickel. Um, yeah. Depending on the exchange rate, that wouldn't even be a big deal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. It looks like it's like you want the so what, you want um, a story. It's like with a cutting woman in half, the so what's so obvious. It's like we cut a woman in half. Mm-hmm. So of course, the cool thing is I put her back together. Anyone can cut a woman in half. Yeah. <laughs> I put her back together. So like, yeah, the so what is like we need to to you know fix her. Yeah. Yeah, and like, there's a couple of. Sorry about the sirens. I think um, it should be good. Okay, it's good. usually okay. Yes. Um, there's a couple of layers. Like one is like the motivation. Like so, yeah, turning a one dollar bill into a five dollar bill makes sense. It's the same currency. Yes. Um, there's also the magic logic where it's like if I, you know, if you pick a card and I know what that card is, could I can I tell the future or am I reading your mind or am I reading your body language or like what is the actual magic logic? And then there's that like emotional core which. Uh, just it kind of infuses like the whole routine or the whole I guess you call them routines to answer your earlier question 20 minute routine, 20 minute routine. although technically a routine is just smaller I don't know okay. I call it set we should just call it set a set um but yeah you need like um yeah kind of all those things to be to be in a piece like I'm reading a book right now called uh strong magic by Darwin Ortiz it's about Creating strong magic. Strong? <laughs> strong magic. Strong magic. So it's like magic <clears throat> theory, um, how to make it better. And I'm just at the very beginning right now, and he's he's basically distinguishing right now between the between intellectual belief and emotional belief. And he's like, listen, like, you're not gonna get adults to intellectually believe that there's magic, you know? Um, yeah. and that's okay. And like right. as Teller says, he's like, Your audience has, you know, jet propulsion engineers in it. Like, never think that they're like like you cannot it's not enough to build your entire show on like they're gonna wonder you know how i got this coin into the air like they know it's in your other hands like let's get that out on the table here he goes but if there's a but what you're aiming for is emotional belief and to demonstrate that he said that there's some woman i don't even know who he didn't contextualize who but madame dufond in the like 18th century france and someone asked her if she believes in ghosts and she said no but i am afraid of them And he goes, that's emotional belief. That's what you're aiming for. And that's the difference between good magic versus, you know, Job in Arrested Development. Yes. It's like, I don't know. I guess he's in another one of the boxes, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So how'd the class go? The first class you took? Class went well. What was it like? Um, There were, yeah. So I took, ended up taking level one and level two. Both were good. I met some folks from both and we... Um, we get together at coffee shops before the pandemic. We would get together at coffee shops and just do stuff. We've got, there's five of us. One uh, is a guy around our age. Two others are married dudes with kids um, who are a little bit older than you and I. And then um, one is a lawyer and a grandmother. And we just all, um, you know, hang out and do magic. And we've met a little bit like online. Um, The other thing that I did was I because apparently this is a thing. This is like 
when you don't know the open mics are a thing for magic. This is like a thing for magic, uh, for comedy rather. Um, I started going to lectures, which are when a magician comes into town and delivers a lecture on maybe specific tricks and how they do them. Maybe it has like magic technique and philosophy in there. Um, it could be all kinds of things. I went to one that involved like two, like two of its four hours, which they're not always that long. Was like, um, this was Max Maven, and he was just talking about the history of mentalism and the history of magic and magic hobbyism. Which the the relationship between hobbyists and professionals in magic is completely different to how it is in stand up. And um, so I started going to more and more of those lectures, and eventually, like, started meeting people who were like, okay, you're you're you you've chosen to spend yet another sunny afternoon in a windowless <laughs> like <laughs> like converted old convenience store yeah, back yeah. room which um magic inc wonderful magic shop used to be uh which, yeah they just moved into a space that used to be a convenience store so it's like the cinder block like in the back of it like yeah not yeah pretty. not pretty yeah but it's like like in comedy it's like you don't even notice somebody until they've been there for six months and it's like oh, okay you're like you're in this you're not just like you, you didn't lose your fantasy football league and you have to do comedy uh, but that's what I like. I mean, that's yet another another thing that I like about magic or like something that makes it suit me well is you get more tangible feedback on something. It's on something. Like, yeah. obviously, there's like a lot of nuance to like, you know, performance of any type, blah, blah, blah. But it is very gratifying. I forgot how much I liked to learn concrete skills where. Oh, yes. Yeah. When you've yes, when you've done a yeah, when you got a new trick, you have a, a concrete skill as opposed to like yeah. I could work for a month on a Matthew McConaughey bit and it's like it's less concrete. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. just gets more and more diffuse as the yeah. month goes on. To be honest. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. And it's like uh, yeah, and it's like some yeah, like uh, it could be a bit like oh my god. Okay, I was at, I keep telling the story, but I was at this. I did a, I did a thirty minute set. Worked so hard on getting the order right. And, and you know some jokes I've done for seven years in there and perfected them and like what perfected them whatever worked on them <laughs> for a long time and uh, you know worked on them for seven years whatever they've been honed you know um, and I got them all tied together in the right way all this work and then uh, got good laughs and stuff like that and then there was a guy wearing a poncho in the audience and I was like <laughs> oh, poncho guy over here huge biggest laugh of the night pointing out that a man is wearing a poncho um, everyone loved it. Um, it's funny because it's true because he was wearing a poncho you know what I mean like um, yeah right so that's a less concrete skill very much in the air I gotta hope that another guy is wearing a poncho at a future show yeah um, but yeah you end up with a concrete skill but then the reaction thing I'm interested because yeah. there's like the great Pete Holmes joke where it's like I like comedy comedy is good because when you succeed there's a noise with magic there's no specific noise uh-huh. they're not like oh there's no uh-huh. like uh, there's no audible audible involuntary reaction yeah. yes yes not necessarily there might be a the gasp f- sure i mean that's one of the most hilarious things i think i'm sorry but about like magic uh demos like yeah. demo reels so whether someone's selling a trick or they're selling a book or they're selling a tutorial or a download that tells you how to do a thing there's um there's a demo that sells you on the trick and it's pretty you know they people it's like when you're recording your special you want to pack the house with like laughers or people will go out on the street and they'll they'll cut together like the biggest reactions um 
Yeah, I mean, like, as you should. But, but but it is funny because it's sort of like a mimicking of, like, look at how big these – look at these gasps. Look at, yeah. look at these yells. And it's funny, too, because sometimes you'll watch someone's demo video and, like, people just aren't big reactors. And – but, you know, it's still a good trick. So good it's trick. like, oh, man, I'm sorry you didn't – that that person, like – I know, but – right, okay. Yeah. So the reaction is important. That's still a consideration. Um, no? Yeah, but for me, I'm having to obviously, like, reconnoiter, like, what that means for me. Um – I I got like weird like not weird I I so last May I was for like I spent just spent two weeks uploading onto my Instagram a trick a day nice. and I like wrote stuff around it like so a full like routine of like you know talking um, and like a presentation around it and um and I got some like really nice feedback like some from strangers and people who like responded to sort of like the message of what I was saying or like the emotional component or something or someone um, and then. There's another trick I did, like this torn and restored thread trick that a friend of, of mine, um, they dialed into like the 24-hour magic thing that I had, th- this international like show that I had done. Um, and they were like, yeah, it made me like kind of tear up at the end. Like your thread trick made me tear up at the end, which, and this person is not like a crier. Typically, <laughs> so I thought that was really interesting <laughs> feedback. Um, so... Yeah, so it's like different. Yeah, it's not necessarily. I mean, certainly over visual, you're not getting any feedback. But yeah, it's like what what reaction will I want? Like I don't know, and I'm probably gonna start to expect and want certain reactions that are specific to certain tricks after a while. Nice. You know, I'm gonna probably perform certain tricks and be like, oh, this usually gets this kind of reaction, and this other one usually gets this other kind of reaction. So yeah, okay, it's different. It's not the same reaction over and over and over again. It's tailored for each specific situation. That would, that's what trick. I think. I mean, yeah. I have uh, most of my, like, I have this weird situation where, like, now most of the magic that I've performed has been virtual instead of in person. So I have, like, this opposite, like, weird perspective on it. It's so odd. Yeah. The is doing the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Yeah. So what, how, yeah. So just the insanity of Zoom magic. Um, mm. How's that been? Because you can't, it's not at all comparable, right? It's the same no, comedy, yeah. e- even people who do who were very actively like producing Zoom shows, like magic shows. Yeah. I've, t- I've talked to people where they're like, "Yeah, I hate Zoom magic. Like, yeah. we've just got to do it because we've got to do it." Um, spoken to a few people who feel that way. That's, I mean, it's definitely interesting. I definitely think you know if people are missing that audience feedback big time. Um, it's been really interesting to see what people have done, like. Um, one it's 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 like one 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 magic shop like theory 11 they they started selling tutorials on how to craft your own illusions that only work on zoom only um, work on zoom. and i say illusions because they're not tr- they're they're like illusions like it looks like a like a card is floating or something but it's because you're um because you're using zoom and you because use of like the force scissors perspective of the camera different stuff like that yeah what's well, I, I, now that i'm thinking right it's like um, it's hard for magicians, yeah, because like that's good because like the eye is in exactly one place, so it's easy to trick the eye. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you're, it's also really challenging because you know if you do have to watch your angles for a certain trick, like your yeah. angle is what it is. Like you can't be moving around in space. Aha, uh-huh, yeah, because that, that that would be shifting if you were on the street. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. challenges. There's some opportunities, some stuff that you can't do in in person. Um, I think. About halfway through the pandemic, maybe I think people started thinking like instead of okay, like I have to, we have to do Zoom. So how do we make the mag- make it pretty good? To okay, like what can we 
what can we do on Zoom that we can't do in live? Cool. Which is a, and I think that other people, I think, you know, I've had like theater contacts. They're sort of doing the same thing with like virtual theater. That kind of seems to be more the thinking. So um, we saw a show that was produced by the Geffen Playhouse um, by um, Helder, this magician Helder, um, who's, um, I'm the friggin' worst with names and titles <laughs> lately, but brilliant. And he like makes, he sent he sends you a box beforehand, and other shows start to do this afterwards. But um, you get a box of stuff, and first of all, a couple of the tricks they happen in your hands, like you oh, do yeah. do with the cards what he tells you to, and stuff happens. Awesome. And then he did other stuff where he like made stuff appear in other people's boxes that like he couldn't have known about. Like yeah. he like made made for all intents and purposes like made shit appear in people's homes, and people yeah. you know, lose their minds. So it's like. Okay, like how can we if we have to do this, like how do we make it awesome? Like, okay, let's send something to your home. Let's make it tangible because that's that's a real challenge. Is like there's little principles in magic where it's like, okay, if I can get this card to turn into a different card on the table, like that's awesome. If I can get that to happen in your hand, it's just going to feel cooler. It's way cooler. Yeah. And like, yeah, that I'm like wondering like, well, I was nothing happened to my hand. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it's the it eliminates an explanation that your brain fills in for why this crazy thing happened. Yes. Yeah. So it's been a challenge, but I mean, people have definitely, um, you know, stepped up to it. I mean, how did you like it with your performances? I liked the control to a certain degree. I liked that I could create my set. That's yet another thing that I, that, you know, I like about magic is I, I like design and I like, you know, sets and props and stuff. So I like that I could have that kind of like aesthetic control. Um, a little bit stressful to like figure out all of my own, like all the production and stuff. Cause there's always more than, than you think with all the cameras and double cameras and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I would prefer to have audience, an audience response, Yeah. but I tried to, I basically just tried to channel that part of me that is, more writerly and like more presentational that I was always fighting with stand up and I really tried to bring it into the digital space and I was like I'm just gonna have it you know my my like persona or character for lack of a better word is sort of like home-based anyway there's something kind of like you know she lives in a haunted snail shell so I was able to like I was like, <laughs> I'm just gonna, I was like I'm just gonna own that and I'm gonna have it be like you're coming into my home. I, you know, I, I laid out the house your, rules beforehand. Your persona lives in a haunted snail shell. Yeah, a okay. haunted giant snail shell in the woods. And so it's like when, like, yeah. So like when, so like I'll sometimes open up a shell and I'll be like, so yeah, like you know, when I order Go Puff, I need to like bury it in the woods and cover it with with salt under a full moon, and you know, and then that's how I get the Doritos and like just you know, real quick, just do me a favor if you're a guest in my home, just like please take off your shoes and feed them to the shoe demon in the entryway. Otherwise, like he's gonna get hungry and come out in the middle of my routine. It'll be a whole thing. What else? Um, sorry about the smell. I've never microwaved I have Newt before. Um, so something else I started do, I tried to do was like, oh, and I have a wandering poltergeist named Gary, and he really likes to flick people on the back of the ear. So if if you feel that at any point during my show, that's Gary. It's definitely not your kid or your spouse <laughs> or your roommate playing this a joke on you. That's jokes, definitely yeah. like just trying to like give people the opportunity to physically interact with them with each other. Um, and then like you know, lastly, just like you know, refill the Brita. It's it's not hard. You know, you yeah, pick up the Brita, you walk to the sink, you walk past the sink, you go across the lake of fire, you get to the, <laughs> the farmer, you offer to help him with that night's seance, and he will fill it up from the haunted wishing well. You bring it back. It's not hard. This Anyway, welcome to my home. Let's Be do this. Be a neighbor. Yeah, do it. Yeah. So I just tried to, like, enjoy – I just tried to, like, lean into that, like, 
presentational aspect, which magic already lets me do a little bit. Yeah. No. The line between hobbyism and professionalism in magic, um, you're saying it's like it's it's more overlapping than comedy even? Yeah. Oh, that that's not what I said, but oh, yes, sorry. it is. No, okay. I said it's it's way different. Way different. Um, but I think that's an accurate way to put it. I think um, there are there are magicians who have made enormous enormous contributions to the field of magic like internationally forever and for always their legacy will always be felt and they also had day jobs that they were really proud of that they're also known for within those communities wow. like um simon aronson a chicago-based guy um created this technique that relates to cards that is just completely mind-blowing hugely influential um he just died last year actually um and he was also an attorney and like you read his magic books and he like references being an attorney it's not like this dirty secret it's yes yes you know or um eugene berger another chicago guy who died a few years ago and um who was uh you know working in uh evanston i believe for their like uh welfare department he talks about it in his writing and he was like in his 50s or 60s or something when he um you know decided to like not have a day job anymore and was like well I'm gonna try this magic thing because like everyone really likes my magic and, so, and like these are huge these are titans that's hilarious that's crazy right that's like having an yeah like having an HBO special and yes um, but then you're a teacher yeah, and yeah, I mean yeah. and part of it is just like the economic model of it like um starting in like with the industrial revolution when people had more free time and and, and some people had more um, money, like m magic, like, you know, hobbyists kind of keep it afloat. Like you got to think like, okay, there's professionals and you do some, um, some tricks, but like much like stand up, you might be doing, you know, you might have your, your collection of, of tricks that you're kind of yeah. doing, or, but tricks are still coming out. Ideas are still coming out. Theories are coming out, um, often by other magicians who need to like live and like, who's buying it all. It's hobbyist. It's got to be yeah. hobbyist. Yeah. And that has been so interesting, too, because... Oh, the pros make money off the hobbyists. Sort I mean, of. yeah. Yeah. But, like, I mean, not in, in a, a bad nice, way. Right, sorry, yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's, like... Because, like, in return, I would say there's a respect towards hobbyists that I never saw in stand-up comedy. Bingo. There's, like, a oh, yeah. real respect there. I was... I mean... I think people be like... I think people like, I think I might just, like, kind of do stand-up for fun. And they're saying it like they're just realizing that it's a thing that people can do. Yes. Yeah. I mean, compared with Boys like, magic, it's yeah, of course, it's built I was, I was talking last year with uh, a magician called Carissa Hendricks. She's amazing, also known as Lucy Darling, um, and she was like, "Yeah, yeah, like professionals go have to go really deep on a certain type of ma of magic, but hobbyists like have this like wealth of knowledge that's like so broad and and amazing, and and it's not like." denigrated against because it's like, well, we need all these minds to like keep making stuff. That's nice. That's beautiful. Better and everything. Yeah. Can you talk about what, uh, how you chose your uh, style of magic? Cause you the walk around, like how you got into that. Cause like you talk about mentalism and whatever, and that seems so different to me than, uh, illusions. That's funny, because I want to ask you why, because every magician agrees with you, and I don't understand why. People make a distinction between magicians and mentalists, and I'm always yeah. too afraid to be like, wait, why? I thought it was... Okay, just to yeah. clarify what I think a mentalist is, is like, um, you know, like, you're thinking of something, I'm trying to figure out what you're thinking, basically, more or less. Yeah, Like, you're thinking much. of a number, or like, whatever. I mean, um, whereas magicians are, they are, that's more like a cold, re I put that more like cold reading psychic... Um, that seems like their their uh, realm, yeah. and then magic is like you are doing technical skills, like you mentioned. You come up with a technical, concrete skill, 
that like you can do without any um, uh, pretensions towards the spirit realm. Or uh, yeah, no, no I mean, this is great. Away, this is great. This I'm is great. Getting away from what I mean is like, yeah, mentalism is is, is you could do it with no hands or feet, and uh, magic, magic is something that's tactile. Perhaps there's so much there. This is so fascinating. So. I do a little bit of both. Um, it's interesting that you are distinguishing in part by perceived technique, which is interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah, That's yeah. That's intriguing to me. It's also interesting and un- and unfortunate, but this is what has happened, where um, that there's a spiritual element because... I think that's a challenge of a lot of mentalists now is the ethical component of like, I don't want people to think that I'm actually reading their minds sort of yeah. thing. Or like, I don't want you to think that I can contact your dead relative because I think that's, that's fucked up. That's huge, yeah. Um, which, and then the it's other... It's hard to pen and teller mentalism, I think. Because what is, yeah. what are they doing? Side note, what are they doing? Okay, okay. I'll, 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 I'll kind of answer Sorry, both. Whatever you got to do. No, I'll, so... So one thing that's so there, it's so complicated. So one thing is like Darren Brown will say, like, I'm like reading your body language or I'm like programming you with like the the words I I say are sort of like infiltrating your brain. Um, That's not necessarily exactly what's going on either. I think that is sort of more and more. There seems to be this thinking of like, well, some sometimes like faux scientific stuff has replaced like faux spiritual stuff. Yes, pseudoscience. Yes, it's just like more believable. Um, in terms of what is actually happening, I will refer you to a quote by a really talented um, Chicago-based up until recently. I, th- I believe he may have moved recently, but um, uh, yeah, um, a mentalist called um, uh, Jonathan Pritchard or Johnny Zavant. He. He, this is so genius. I wish I had thought of it myself because this is, this is very, very brilliant. If someone gets concerned or if someone has questions or if he wants to maintain the magic but also not lie to them because he, one of his mentors was like, you know, he, he worked a lot with James Randi whose like whole cause was like call, calling out charlatans. Like, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if Jonathan gets a question about that, he says, well, you know how some, magicians do tricks with um with cards or with sleight of hand he goes i do tricks with information cool which unfortunately that's unsatisfying in and of itself but i feel like that answer first of all it's it's the truth and but it's still vague enough to maintain some of the fun um but it also it's a way of being like and like I'm not actually I mean because it's complicated because I, I've done a couple there's one trick that I, I, I have here that I can do if, where I did it for someone and they were like you just Jedi, Jedi mind tricked me <laughs> and it's like okay like not really like your mind is safe I want you to know that your mind is safe yeah yeah but you know I can do stuff with information and and it's so funny like I you know I spent so much time in, in comedy I was like one thing I realized about stand-up, I was like, I don't have a, super, a lot of super unique things to say in stand-up. And that's okay. And, like, a lot Tell of the me. stuff that I care about that I want to talk about is, like, I don't – it shouldn't be me anyway. Like, <laughs> hi, I'm Becky. Let me tell you all about why I believe in, <laughs> in racial justice. It's like, I do, but, like, am I the best person? Like, I maybe yes. not, and that's okay. No. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Literally Becky. That's so funny. You, you made sure to um, – doesn't your family call you Becky? Yeah, sometimes. That's funny. Um but yeah, you, you have Becky with the good but, hair. You know, and I remember talking with Max Friedman, who we've had on the pod, the yeah. pod and I was like, man, like, I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing on, on stage. I really want to do stuff that's about, like, history facts, maybe. I don't know. I can't, like, I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. And then, and then, like, 
I was talking with uh, with with Ben, who I work with on my magic and stuff, and he. I was like, oh, let me show you the thre- you know the thread trick I'm working on. I I haven't written anything for it, but it fascinates me because it's from a discovery of witchcraft and it's so nice. old and blah blah. Yeah. And I did it for him. He was like, well, just talk about that. You were clearly fascinated by it, and it was interesting to hear. And that same week, I heard a magic podcast where someone was like, if you are interested, you will be interesting Love on stage. It. Yes, I feel the exact same thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Like, let me just show you. It's got me so pumped up. I don't know what it is. Yeah. yeah, People just mirror your energy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so between like the visual element of magic, between like more structure, the technical stuff, the history stuff, it's just felt like, you know, it's just kind of all lined up. Yeah, that's cool. That one, the patter is in it's more in the trick if you're not just saying like it's like this trick is from a it's from a book describe the book yeah um it's called the discovery of witchcraft 1562 is when i think it was published but this guy sir reginald scott wrote it in order to expose methods but like to stop people from being killed because people were like how did they do all these things and he's he explained so you can find out how that's like a positive how did they do it Okay. It, yeah. Um, if the mass magician was trying to like save people's lives. Right. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. he's yeah yeah explaining the magic trick. I like that. We can explain. Yeah. Penn and Teller back then were like, yeah. You can see how it's done. Uh, that, 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 therefore, uh, let's just let, let let her go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's called you know that book that I'm reading, Strong Magic. It says you know strong magic has no explanation, so you don't really want to hint at an explanation or make it a puzzle or something. So that's like not a finish. But I don't know that I would. I think in writing and scripting it and more formally, the thread trick, if I was going to talk about a discovery of witchcraft, I might, you know, I have st- some massaging there to do about what the book actually is and, and stuff. Okay, right. So now you're divided between two schools of thought. Because I know the pen has got the one school of thought. And the math magician also reveals his tricks um oh i mean yeah he was that was back in the 90s and he was like exp- that's a whole other thing but yes penn and teller are better penn for and teller, example, yeah. as, as opposed to this strong magic person who thinks there's no explanations in magic well which is what you just said how dare you don't you well be it is i mean but there's also i i think what i'm in strong magic is more of the um broader like best practices and stuff and then yeah. penn and teller have done lots of writing specifically about why they do with it but but, it, but they're both rooted in the same idea like both of them say look grown adults know that magic isn't real like so both of them are rooting their thing in that if you're saying like my of course my stuff's entertaining because no one will know how i got the ball into the cup like yeah. no right right no you got it's it just not enough you tricked us by putting yeah, that's, yeah 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 you're burying the trick in something else um okay so okay so where you, where are you at now? Because you so you're 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 sort of you're involved in the Chicago Magic Lounge professionally a mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, they've got they've hired you to do shows. That's great. So how did wait, how did that even come to be? How did you how did you get past the Chicago Magic Lounge? Yeah, that's a great question because it's not like there's a set um, way or anything. Um, so I had done both of those classes and folks at the lounge had like watch all of them and stuff. And then I just kind of kept, I just didn't leave. I just kept on being around. <laughs> I kept, I joined the round table, which in theory, it's uh, like traditionally like the magic round. It was originally conceived as like, there would be like magic jams every week and stuff, cool, but yeah. those don't super happen. So now it's more of like, just like a discount <laughs> with, with like drinks and stuff. So, but I went, to a night that I thought there was a mag- magic jam. There wasn't, but um, but uh, Ben Barnes, who's the entertainment director there and an amazing magician, um, 
uh, as well as um, um, some other folks um, uh, were there and we just kind of like worked on tricks kind of casually so I, so I was there and then I would go see that with the card I could go see the shows you know for free just like stand you know if it was standing room so I would just go and go to those and then go to the lectures and I think eventually and then SAM the Society of American Magician meetings pre-COVID were at the Magic Lounge as well yeah so I was just kind of it just kind of ended up that I was constantly there and I think after like a year or two of seeing that I was actually like attending lectures and going into these meetings where I've, the the demographic like I'm I'm the only it's it's like um, uh, yeah only person in my age group well, not not only person in my age group there's a couple of other folks but I'm like you know I just being in spaces where I'm definitely like there to learn Isn't it, it's fun to feel so you're you're like really young really really young for the magic lounge isn't that fun <laughs> I'd love to get involved in something around this super young guy uh, but yeah I just got started being around there a lot and I think um, sport and stuff like that <laughs> oh, God <laughs> I I mean very very nice people um but I definitely was I mean it was clearly like okay she like wants to I guess learn this yeah, for yeah. no reason to perform nowhere um and then the day that we um uh put an offer in here where I was like is this insane that's day I went to the magic lounge for a meeting and um and Ben was like let's let's talk um and so yeah so then you know he wanted to know if I was ever you know interested potentially in doing walk around I was like well yeah I mean yeah um you know but and, and that's and i've been trying to really yeah so that's it that's pretty and much doing it walk around magic at the at that place at the magic lounge okay. so that's what i'll be doing and then but then i also did i got a really cool opportunity about a year ago um there was this 24-hour magic show this like virtual show um that was put on by um magicians jonathan malo and tyler rabbit and I they found me on Instagram. It's just because I was putting up a, a trick a day, nice, um, and like fully presentational with like written scripts and like nerdy stuff. That uh, Jonathan reached out and wanted to know if I wanted to do that, and that was like just kind of that was really fun. Um, I didn't get to. I wish I could have watched more shows and stuff because there were like people involved, like this this the two of them, this guy, this magician, Rob Zabrecki, all these like awesome people because it was twenty four hours. Um, so yeah, so I got that was a really neat opportunity that just kind of came through what was your social slot? media. Um, great, great question. It was yeah, not I mean you know. <laughs> <laughs> it was like everyone wants to be eight p.m. Okay. <laughs> it was seven o'clock here or like five o'clock LA, oh, that's great. but then like I guess midnight in England. Which um, is where it was based. Um, it seemed matter. to be, but Tyler's based, I believe, in. LA. Well, so. seven o'clock here is great. Everyone who wants yeah. to watch you is going to watch seven o'clock. Yes, great. and that was definitely that was like so interesting because it was just like I have no concept. Like I think another challenge that I've faced in many of my previous lives, my theater lives, my sketch lives, my stand up lives, whatever, is like, oh god, this is embarrassing. Why am I saying? That? Is like sometimes being like intimidated by scenes or by people that I shouldn't be. Yeah. And so it was really fun what I'm really trying to do like with magic and I always tried to do this when I start, but like what definitely was with this was like, wow, I don't know these people. Like they just know what I've put online, which evidently they like, which, yeah, okay. Yeah. And I, I can't I, yeah, like, there was no, I was like, there's no reason to be nerve. Like don't, there's no reason to be sick with nerves. The, not that there was with stand up either, but it's just, I've been able to be more relaxed. I think. Why? Why aren't you sick with nerves? 
Um, well, I think one thing is just the way my brain works. It's that thing of, okay, all I have to do is get through the technical trick and the rest is gravy, which again, dear listeners, is not good magic theory. That's not how good this is magicians what's working like for Rebecca in this situation. Right. right. I'm talking very specifically about how my brain processing processes anxiety, not how you should structure your act of like, I made the coin disappear. Okay. It's good enough. Right. Well, maybe Boom. it's almost like it's, it, it, it's like, it's like, well, I know I can do the trick, yeah. but also, you know, you can do the, I mean, like, you know, you can do the patter. Like, it's like, you're good at the patter. You know, you'll be good at that. So it's like a bonus. Like, it's like, well, at the, if you, even if you like my patter, like comedy is like if there was just patter. Yeah. That's what comedy is. Oops, all patter. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the magic trick is like, hey, come for the magic trick. That's fun. Now I'm executing it very well because I have patter. Yeah. And you're confident in that. But it's like you came for the trick. You got a trick, baby. Yeah. I think it takes my mind off of it and it gets me out of my head so I can actually do that like improv for lack of a better word. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I need something. It's like a, to form a pearl around. Like I need like a grain of sand, Ooh, I guess. Oh, yeah. That, that is a juicy <laughs> metaphor. I love that one. But then I'm also trying to I mean, part of the nervous thing is like I'm also trying to remind myself of like like what I'm here for and I don't think I ever knew what I was trying to get out of stand-up I think I thought I knew yeah. I think I thought I wanted to be a professional I think I thought I wanted XYZ I look back and what I wanted was to say that I had performed at clubs and now I have so I'm great like to be and is that ego driven like yes it is yes, but it turns out that's what it that was and like now I'm it's very much like like no this is like I'm just I just try to remind myself of like you have you know, you have friends, if you, you know, so if you make magic friends, then that's great. But like, you're not, I'm not here for like emotional validation. I'm not here for net for net for money necessarily. Which yeah, yeah. If I get any of that, that's gravy. But it's just been a lot easier to just, yeah. And I think also I feel like my, I, I know I'm more, I f have a stronger sense of how and why I am unique in certain way. I'm more self-aware and yeah. just, I know what I have to offer and I know what I have to offer that others do and that others don't and this is less magic stuff and more like uh being an adult 30s stuff possibly yeah. i was just telling somebody yeah. i was like i was like yeah i feel like you know like yeah like i know what i'm good at and what i'm not good at and i can just face those things i don't feel like insane you're like you know what i mean like yeah, yeah. i'm not in your 20s it's like oh this is a surprise that i'm bad at this i was sure i was gonna be good at this and now i'm like Nope, I know I'm bad at this. I know I'm good at this. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. try to steer the boat towards those things. Well, and, and there's also one other thing, which is enormous, which can't be overstated, which is like, you know, anytime I was struggling in stand-up, whether it was like, oh, I'm, I want to be less writerly or oh, I want to be more social or whatever it was, it was like, oh, well, this is hard. And so if it feels hard and that means it's working. Like, I'm miserable. I don't want to be at this mic at 11. <laughs> therefore, I should be. And it's doing the right thing. In magic, there is, um, I came into it and I had a question for my for for a couple of my different teachers, and I asked them each, and I was like, okay, I want to ask this delicately. I'm not trying to be offensive. I was like, in magic, is there essentially what I what I wanted to know? I was like, is there like a value system around like the ease of a trick? Like if I if there's two ways of uh, finding your card, and one is way easier for me, and one like takes like multiple methods, and they're overlapping methods, and they're like like it's better to go with the more t complex one, right? And they're like, and the over the answer is in magic. Like, no, go with what works, especially if you're being paid. If you're being paid, like, make it work. Yeah, and got to work. And Ben has had to tell me that so many times where I, like, I keep on being like, oh, there's that. this will be better if I make it more complicated, if I, you know. But, and he's like, no, like, just do it. Just, just make it work. <laughs> just right. Make on, it on our end, we just see the card appear, right? Yeah. So it doesn't and, matter how it happens. 
And that goes another, that's another thing of like the hobbyist professional thing that is opposite of in standup where it's, you know, it's more of a hobbyist thing to, in that instance, maybe go for the more complex one because you're like oh, this is my my saturday and i want to figure out like the whole well you're f- being paid in dopamine which is great yeah. if you get yeah doing a complicated thing is better for your for on your end but it's it could be worse than on the other it end. could be it could yeah. be worse on the other end and that that's like not to say like or i'm obviously risky. Yeah. yeah risky exactly if like if there's a really cool technique and it's so satisfying when you get it right because it only really can like happen like seven out of ten times like if someone's paying you it's got to work ten out of ten times uh, yeah and there's entire books that have come out with techniques that I'm, like, surprised that, like, oh, you can write a book on that? Like, you can, like, that's legit? Like, that method? Like, that type of method is, like, we're, we're just, you can just do that and, like, build a career on it? And it's, like, well, does it work? Does it look magical? Then yes. Damn. Yeah. It's a totally different attitude toward, like, ease and hardness. Um, how is the, like, you're talking about, like, walking around talking to people who work at the Magic Lounge and, like, people who are hanging out there. Like, how is the culture, what is the, how, what is the culture of magicians like? Oh, man. That's such a good question, and I don't even know. Now one-third of my time has been spent in yeah. pandemic, so it's like yeah. I don't even know. And I don't want to misrepresent anything, especially especially as a woman, because I know every with stand-up every now and then a new woman would come in and be like, it's awful, and then more established women would be like, well, you're speaking for me. <laughs> like, yeah, I, yeah. like, I don't want to... <laughs> Um, okay, yeah, no, but it's been, it. it's, it's, it's been good overall. It's been, um, people generally, I mean, it's, it's, it's been people who are down to nerd out with each other. Um, all the other magicians I've met have been really cool. Um, including even when I was like starting to hang around more and stuff, there wasn't any like, who's this new person or anything like that. Um, okay, nice. Yeah, because your experience is as a new person, yeah, uh, pre-pandemic, right? Yeah, and people have been very warm and, you know, let's go get tacos. And, they talk know. about other stuff besides magic? What's the, what's the percentage? Such a good question. Yeah, people do. Good, because in comedy, it's like some people are 50-50, some people are 95-5. Yeah, well, right, because any time that you're not spending, like, doing comedy, it's like, which, which, is, such, which is such a capitalist attitude right like i always used to think like oh you gotta like you gotta spend every single time of you know because otherwise like what's the point um no it's a much healthier mix um i mean in part i've I've also heard more this is true of both professional stand-ups and professional magicians but i've heard it more from magicians okay and on podcasts or in person or whatever where they're like yeah i wanted to do this so i'd have my days free and there's no shame, huh, you know, huh, and huh, I feel huh. like as a comic, it has to be like, well, I have a truth inside me that <laughs> yeah, will yeah. eat away at me if I don't get it out. Like, that has to be a reason. And, you know, I think it's kind of, you know. It's fun to work at night and to get paid to do yeah. Yeah, two hours of work. Yeah, yeah. And then people clap at your job. Yeah. And, and also it's stuff like, you know, Eugene Berger, who I mentioned earlier, like Ben was, you know, saying he had X number of tricks. And it's, it's not like hundreds of tricks like i thought that every magician knew like 500 tricks minimum yeah. and like no like just like every stand-up isn't like making it up as they go along or doing a different show every night like right right how many tricks no. do they know a i forget, dozen, the, I forget the number of what he told me about um for eugene but he eugene was known for fewer than a dozen he was known for huh, huh, huh. He, he was known for he had, he had more he has books with, with, with lots of them but it, we're looking at under a dozen for like what to build what he was—he said he was like his quote. He's like, "I built my career on X number of tricks, and it was fewer than I would have." Thought. How about that? Do they have to be original tricks? Oh man, what a fascinating! Another huge difference. No, no, no. But 
Your yours is 500 years old. Mine is 500 years old. That said, I do create new tricks because, uh, and I'm kind of surprised that more people don't. And I don't find it that challenging to okay. me. I feel like if you tell me what the effect is, the effect being like card rises at the top or ring disappears or whatever, that's the effect. Um, then I can build a trick. I can build a trick out of that, you know. Okay. And then there's a routine, routine which is, bit, but but the, 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 it's so it's so interesting. Three levels, though. yeah. So I didn't know yeah. about the effect versus trick level, and then the pattern is another layer, right? So like you learn an effect, like like the effect that I learned when I was a kid was you flip the, flip the deck over and, and you put the card on top upside down so that when you, so that uh, it looks like the, the it looks like it's writes it up, but it's upside down because the the, mm-hmm, the bottom mm-hmm. card is flipped over, so yeah. that's it's the red. Yeah. That's the that's the effect that I learned, and then. Um, the trick is you produce a card, right? Well, um, yeah. So, I mean, so this is just like for magician vocabulary, but like the effect is like the tiniest, tiniest like nugget of like um, a, to- a, a torn str- thread is brought back together. The trick is I unwind thread, I tear it apart, and then I put it back together. The right. routine is I'm talking about a spider. I maybe I, you know, I'm talking about a spider and the trick has is all spidery and maybe gotcha. i say it's her spider web or something so you don't you're not producing a lot of effects the effects are inherited or learned usually yeah i mean or the technique the technique usually okay, is right. um but you're saying that you were surprised that most magicians um will take a trick from some will use a trick that has been learned someone else's trick yeah not that i'm sur- yeah um yeah i mean essentially you're doing this is such an interesting question, Terrence. You can buy full routines or people will like including the pattern, yeah. the language, the jokes. And use it professionally? And use it professionally. And I think with no shade. With no shade. Some shade. Come on. It's enough of a thing that it's more of a recent idea to not. Like there's okay. this I hate to keep coming back to podcasts, but whatever. Uh, you know, this guy, uh, Nick DeFott, who is who does who performs in Vegas and he's Maybe he's your age. He's definitely younger than me, which is definitely upsetting and uh, rude, if I'm being honest. But, uh, <laughs> <I know laughs> um, <laughs> but he has like round glasses, and he was saying that someone, and he has a joke about like, oh, these are these are real. I'm not like a Harry Potter cosplayer or something like that or whatever. And he was saying on the podcast that like someone took that line and like while wearing fake glasses, and he's like, why? Like, why would you do that? And I'm also like, yeah, what? Why? So. Yeah. Uh, you know, that's disappearing, but the fact that that was a story at all and the fact that it, it was part of a larger conversation, like, it's remarkable. should tell you where it's it's at. Yes. I mean, you definitely, you'll have, like, yeah, I can show you lots of magic books where it's, lots of magic books where they, they've got, like, the jokes written in, the pattern and stuff, and I f- personally find that stuff easier to do easy As to make my exactly. own yeah even when i used to do like the sketch comedy thing that was always the yeah like when i did the 24-hour magic thing they were like what's your process and i was like i wish i could say it's something more romantic than this but the truth is i just started magic i know some tricks i went down the list of what i could do and then i like wrote stuff around it yeah. i think it's the idea of gossiping with the moon is funny so that's why <laughs> one of my tricks <laughs> is about that like <laughs> So I'm surprised it doesn't happen more often because it's like you can you can do that. Or I even I made up a three phase tarot card trick where, you know, the same the the spectator picks a card and then I put in a skull's mouth and it turns into the death card. And I'm like, oh, sorry, let me like shuffle it in. I shuffle it in and then we spread them out and it's turned itself over and then I tear it up. But somehow the death card like comes back in its (laughs) full form. And like I made that trick up 
even if I didn't make up the technique by which I do yes. each thing. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought about that distinction before. Um, and good on you for, uh, obviously, for uh, inventing your own pattern, which I knew you did. But then inventing your own tricks was just uh, impressive as well. Yeah. Just a mix. Yeah. We're running out of time. Do you have any call to, to action for the audience? Hmm. That they love you and they've heard you talk for an hour about <laughs> magic and comedy? Um, follow me on Instagram uh, at Rebecca Specter Magic. Rebecca Specter Magic. And Specter is spelled like like a ghost. R E. T R E. At T R E. Yeah, if you're in Chicago, or even if you're not, just pay attention to the Chicago Magic Lounge. I think things are quiet right now with you know yeah. coming out of the pandemic, but I think things are going to start. It be a hot magic summer mm-hmm. for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe a little later than summer. Not quite summer, maybe, but but definitely stay tuned um, on that. It's going to be wild. Uh, should I say something important? I don't know. Should I think of something? Most people something? do, but uh, I oh, guess really? you just wanted to self-promote. I'm just oh, kidding. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> I like the whole this phase with like, self-promotion. I was like, but also if you want to like just tell them to do anything. I was like, they're gonna follow, they should follow you on whatever but like um yeah. um yeah go to the i mean i will go to the chicago magic lounge go see a live magic show i mean like videos of you know whatever you see david blaine videos who cares go yeah. be impressed in person um it seems even more than comedy it's like go see it in person you'll be wowed yeah yeah definitely go in person um there's a couple of other like small chicago shows trickery is one that's just put on by one guy so i'll, I'll plug that just because it's one guy and i trickery? hope he's still doing it trickery yeah um is it in one location yes it's on halstead okay. in uh lakeview um and there's a couple of other shows but they're also a little bit like more commercial I, yeah trickery it's just like this one guy in this cool. room who just like created a show so that's like friggin What's the, awesome. what room is it oh my gosh what is it called is it a magic shop no oh. no no it's just a space it's kind of across from where town hall used to be oh cool uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um yeah so like trickery uh yeah it's it's yeah, it's on theme. The show is it's, it's a fun it's a fun show. Um, nice. Oh man, I want to think of something like it. Like I feel like we've done like a lot of good uh, like simple recipes. I want to be like look up this recipe. It's really good for for the listeners. Like just easy what? recipes. Oh, a good recipe. Um, oh, Google. For okay. Food? Mm-hmm, Go mm-hmm. Ahead. Okay, Google. Nice. Google real simple salmon pea potato pesto. Ooh. Google that. It's in a. It, you put it in a in a parchment paper packet. It's super easy and it comes out super fancy and super good. The potatoes get cooked in the, yeah, with the salmon. Yeah, real thin slice. They just get like in the salmon fat and some olive oil. And you add a bunch of fr- like frozen peas are fine. Jarred pesto is fine. It comes out the fanciest, most comforting, amazing thing in the world. Oh my god! I think they're called Darn salmon it. pea packets. But yeah, just Google real simple salmon pea pesto potato. Oh, that's great. See, no one com- no one comes out of left field and gives you a recipe. Hell yeah, that's good. <laughs> Nice. And that's it. Awesome. Thanks so much, Rebecca. Great to see you. Yeah, great to see you too, Terrence. Thank you so much for having me. That was Rebecca. Rebecca Spectre Magic. Rebecca Spectre Magic on Instagram is her handle. Check her out. Thanks for listening. The podcast logo was designed by Rudy Schultz. He's a graphic designer. And you can hire him to do a similar thing. And the theme song was by Steve Gerard. Steve Gerard records music uh, with Crown Blue Music. Great music on Spotify. Check them out. And we will catch you next week. Bye-bye.